Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Lagarde, and we are live. Here's the other thing. Bin Laden, we knew who to hate. You know, you saw Sandy Hook, we knew yeah. that mutant living in his basement. We don't even know enough about him to hate him yet. Can we not have a day in which we mourn before we engage in some very divisive debate over an issue on which there's been no agreement in this country for a very long time? You truly hope that in a moment like this, we can move beyond politics. Do you need to politicize this today? Can you just stand down for a moment. Right now, friends helped friends to safety, people helped strangers to safety, and law enforcement was running towards right. the bullets. So all those kneelers in the NFL out there, they need to recognize when they're kneeling during the anthem, they're kneeling, and we're supposed to be honoring law enforcement, law enforcement that's trying to save lives, not take lives. His brother said he didn't believe and folks, uh, welcome to tonight's edition. That's some of the Fox News clips that we have on some of the issues that are going on today. And uh, we want to uh, remember that to tell you that this is America's favorite psychopolitical therapy show. So you're going to come here, relax, and and air your feelings out, and just enjoy the hour. Um, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about the shooting. And our issue also is getting the youth involved and student activism. Um, But first, let's go to the shooting. Um, And I'm going to give you the latest here. Um, It's the latest investigation into the Las Vegas shooting. Um, The gunman, Stephen Paddock, may have visited several music festivals in the Las Vegas area. Um, At least 59 people are dead, including the shooter. He died Sunday night at the attack at the Las Vegas Festival. The music, uh, the motive remains unknown, but the city's police chief said the assault was obviously premeditated. Paddock was seen gambling for eight hours straight on the night before the shooting. He reportedly had been stockpiling firearms since 1982 and purchased 33 guns in the past year. And authorities say they've recovered 47 firearms so far from three locations connected to Paddock. And Paddock's girlfriend returns to the U.S. today from the Philippines and will be questioned by the FDA. What say you to this? Well, I, I have to say that the the thing that struck me right away was the fact that the Democrats came out and started to politicize the whole issue, which I'm not. I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I thought they would wait. Uh, this whole issue of uh, gun control. I don't see how they – how come they don't react every week or every day about what happens in urban America, what happens in Chicago, People, the number of killings, right, right. the number of killings that's in Detroit, not, in Cleveland. But, that, but that's not their narrative. 
Oh no, I okay. I understand that. Uh, I, I I completely so, understand that. But the the, the hypocrisy is just unbearable. And if you remember, Hillary Clinton went came right onto Twitter and also um, tweeted about gun control, and um, to realize that you can't legislate stuff like this or whatnot because um, the, that you just can't police everything all the time. It just doesn't work. And sometimes too much legislation has a reverse effect. Like, for example, the, um, the alcohol, okay? Remember when the alcohol was regulated? Then what happened was everybody right, but, went underground and, and, and purchased it. So right, but, you, but you, all these you just can't like have a police. Uh, right, but, right, but let me tell you that, too, it's not the, the gun that does the killing. It's, it's the person who's doing right, the shooting. Right, but I'm saying... And, I, and I, obviously I, this I guy was... You know, so I, I agree with you, but... The, some the, kind, of, kind of crazed. Right, but Go I ahead. mean, the, the, the state, the mental state is something that we can talk about, it, uh, uh, another discussion, we can have another... The fact that these, the hypocrisy of the left-wing media... To not reveal that Chicago, Washington D.C., New York, New York City, and, and other cities that are predominantly Democrat control have the toughest gun laws already on the books. Okay, and, and it doesn't work the, simply because it's it a person's work. state of mind. Exactly. Right. So um, before we go any further, I want to mention that Mean Girls for Las Vegas sent me this. Um, they are doing a, a GoFundMe fundraiser. The web address is www.gofundme.com backslash October 3rd. And, and you can go and donate to the victims, um, the families of the victims on this website here. And so far they've raised $69,542. So again, that website is www.gofundme.com backslash October 3rd. Okay, and and um, they're running a, a, a donation for, for the victims' families on, on that page there. So, but anyhow, yes, it, the gun debate has been long up. They do this every time after we have a shooting. And you know what? They they lose the argument, but it's true. You can't legislate everything all the time. Well, go ahead, Cisco. Well, another another point. Just before, um, so uh, everyone may not know this, but Australia, ten years ago, in the country of Australia, kangaroo country, they passed gun control, uh, gun confiscation, happened in Australia. Ten years later, the, the 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 level of crime with guns has accelerated at a higher number because the criminals are still finding ways of getting. There's been more home invasions. There's been more uh, incidents. You know, some of some of the individuals that the guns were taken away, if they were criminals, and they couldn't find the gun, they use other weapons. So crime has gone up even with gun control in, in the country of Australia. 
safe. Uh, so anyhow, I want to bring on our guest, and we want to see where the youth stand on all these issues and what they can do about it. They may have different ideas than us. But I also want everybody to remember that the Second Amendment was put in place for a reason, and that was to allow you to have weapons to protect yourself against foreign invaders. And if you notice, we haven't been invaded by another country. So it has done some good. But let me bring on our guest tonight. Uh, His name is Anthony Somo. Anthony, welcome to the show. Can you hear me? Doreen, yes, I can hear you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Excited to be here. And we're talking about the gun debate, and we want to know where you guys stand on this issue. Well, I mean, personally, and most of the people I know, uh, we are we are definitely strong Second Amendment supporters. I mean, we understand the link between the right to bear arms and the protection of liberty, and we hold that to be extremely important. We know how that how important that is to our safety, to our nation's future. And we are very much in favor of getting out there and making sure that the Democrats especially don't do anything to infringe on our Second Amendment rights. Right. Um, And, folks, by the way, go ahead, Cisco. Well, Anthony, uh, you you and my son uh, and and, and Doreen's kids are, you know, you you guys are the future of this country. Uh, How do you see all the 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 constant hammering from one party that basically I call the party of censorship, which is the Democrat Party. <laughs> Individuals in your age bracket, do they feel like this one party is is the one that is basically an, our enemy, or, or they don't really care, or they don't pay attention? What what's the what, what, the feeling within your age bracket? Well, unfortunately, it's not focused on a single party. Of course, I mean, I would love to hear everyone my age say, you know, the Democrats are the problem. Because to be honest, that's how I feel on most issues. But unfortunately, it's a mix of both parties, and it's really a fact of, you know, where we find ourselves today. You know, we're the most indebted nation. I mean, we're the most indebted generation in the history of the nation. Um, We're at a point where it's, you know, we're struggling to find jobs after college. And we've grown up seeing not only a financial crisis, but we've seen two or three or even four failed wars. You know, Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria. We see these things and we see the destruction that it causes not only abroad, but at home. I mean, the destabilizing effect of such large debt, I mean, it's hanging over our heads. So what I'm getting at here is that the young people are really seeing these issues. They're seeing them get worse. They're seeing our situation not improve, and they're seeing the parties bicker and fight with each other and not accomplish much at all. So we are kind of in a situation where many people my age, I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid to late 20s, most people my age are feeling like it's almost hopeless. And so what, re, what re, we really need to do, you know, Republicans, independents, you know, conservative-minded people, we need to get out there and really show people how to get involved, show them that there is a way to be effective, and that begins on the local and the county level. Right. I agree. That's right. And, and it's pretty much the student activism, because right now, if you look at the debt, 
I mean, I have no idea how they're going to pay this thing off. You know, the debt, and plus you have a very high immigration rate of both legal and illegal coming into this country with our jobs and economy staggering. That's another issue. So, well, uh, Anthony, let me uh, go ahead. Well, I, I I have to be realistic, and and I hate to be. <laughs> Uh, be the one bringing bad news. The debt is never going to get paid. Uh, let's get real on that. That's not that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I think uh, over over the years, inflation may reduce the amount of, of the debt, but to completely pay it off, there's no way. That's all. Oh yeah, Cisco, you couldn't be more correct. I mean, it's going to follow the same pattern it has for the last hundred and what twenty years, which most of the time, in fact, nearly all of the time, it has just been inflated away. I mean, we've had some years of budget surplus, but, you know, there was no way we were ever going to get to the point where we would actually pay off the debt, especially now when you consider the unfunded liabilities to the tune of, what, $100 trillion for the nation? It's just, it's terrifying mm-hmm. and it's staggering. Exactly. Exactly. The unfunded so, liabilities is over, so what, uh, uh, over, yeah. over uh, $100 something trillion. Dollars. Oh, yeah. So now let, let me ask you this. If you go buy a house, I guess your dollar isn't going to be worth that much. That's my understanding, right? You buy, you buy a house in New Jersey, of all places, and I'm going to bring that up because the taxes are so high around here. Um, let's say you buy a, a half-acre house in, in Parsippany or, or even an acre. It costs you... Right now, it could cost you like five hundred thousand. Okay, and then then you have the taxes on that. You have to pay all that, um, even when you're just starting out in your career. And plus, on top of that, you guys have health care, you know, um, education, and and other issues to pay as well. So, so my question. To you, Anthony, is is how do you bridge that a little bit? How do you ease the? How do you, is there a way to ease the 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 uh, burden of that? Do you mean from the standpoint of government policy? Yes. I mean, if yeah, in that case, it would just be a matter of you really got to get spending under control. We have to do something about this welfare state. You know. Um, if you look at New Jersey, our, our biggest issue is the pension, unfunded pension liabilities. Uh, there was a report that came out, I believe it was two or three weeks ago, that put New Jersey dead last in financial security of all 50 states. I mean, our state used to have a budget surplus. Now we're running deficits every year, and the, the liabilities are just, they're just piling up. So what we have to do is we have to curb the spending. We have to do something about the pension system. And we have to, I mean, that's, it's through curving our spending that we can actually then begin to lower taxes. I, I, I love, love the idea, uh, except every time they put that out there, you get the Democrats who rise up, particularly the teachers unions and all that, and, and they go down to Trenton, they lobby down there, stage their protests or whatever, and, and they claim to their their uh, workers, like their pension's going to be taken away. 
And, and I know because right. I've seen that. I've tried to do tea party rallies down there. In the meantime, all these people are going down there believing that their actual pension is going to be taken away. Uh, I've often suggested the fact that um, that what they should do is is grandfather people in, those people in, people already started, and then the ones that come in after then put them under the, like a 401 instead of, what, what do they have, the 403B, I believe. Yes, on a government level, uh, it's a 403B. But New Jersey is taking is, is going on the same path that uh, Detroit did. You know, uh, Detroit went bankrupt. Uh, what did they tell the, the, the retirees? Well, you're not going to get the 100% pension. You're going to get maybe 30%, 20 30%. And that's what's happening right now. So all those individuals that poured money into that pension system the city of Detroit are totally now getting only 20 to 30 percent, the max. And, and you know, it's, it's such a shame because, because those people deserve those pensions. They were promised them by the state. You know, that was a, that was a part of their compensation. Yet now, because of the way these, you know, complacent politicians have mismanaged our funds, our tax dollars, they're in a position where now these people who depend on those pensions are barely making a buy if they are at all. And it's such a shame, and it really should not be this way. But, you know, this is a difficult issue to resolve. And really, when it comes to, um, you know, countering, especially the teachers' union and people who are, who, who are fighting for their pensions or who are fighting against pension reform mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, it comes down to getting people more involved. You know, people who are, who are genuinely concerned about this. And a lot of it is getting the young people involved because we're the ones who are going to have to pay for this. You know, in 30 years, most of the politicians who are in Trenton, who serve at the county level, who even serve at the local level, they're going to be retired. They're not going to be facing the prospect of, of dealing with what may turn out to be a massive crisis for us, what in all likelihood will turn out to be a crisis. It's going to be our generation, the people in their 20s and 30s now, who in 30 years will be in their 50s and 60s, will have to handle this mess and take care of it. But... If we get enough people involved now, if we get young people to see this and we get them out there and get them active, then hopefully we can stop this sooner without it getting to that crisis point. Right, right. But, yes, but again, and I, also again, I want to is, mention – go ahead, Cisco, then, then I'll come in. Go okay, ahead. Yeah. Again, I mean, that's, 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 that's nice uh, and that's good that you said that, Anthony, but I, I see a pattern here. I see a pattern here uh, with cities and states. You know, a lot of them, uh, uh, the state of Illinois is going through the same problem. They're on the verge of bankruptcy, too. You know, the, the number of, uh, of money that is being poured, I mean, that they need to pay back the, uh, the pensioners, uh, the retirees. And, and what's going to happen? Uh, like it's happening in New Jersey. It's happening in New York and Illinois. A lot of individuals are moving out of the state. What happens? Revenue goes down. Revenue goes down. They cannot pour money into it unless they raise taxes. And then more people. So that cycle is going to continue. So I, I, I really find it really, especially in the blue states, the red states work a little, a little better, but in the blue states like New Jersey and Illinois and New York, I don't see a positive outcome. 
he, yeah, at the, he at the moment, at the moment thing. That's that's what he might be predicting is a bankruptcy. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it's, it's, but, it's very possible. Uh, I was just uh, saying, okay, yeah, we you, do have calls. Right. On, I mean, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead, Anthony. No, I, I was just I was just agreeing with Cisco that you know he's he's right. We you know this this is very possible for us to end up in a a bankruptcy type of situation. And I, I saw an article about a month ago in the Wall Street Journal. And the, the title was New Jersey has a millennials problem. And it's for all the reasons we've been discussing. You know, they're picking up and leaving. They can't afford to live here. And they see how mismanaged the state is. So they're going to red states. They're crossing the border and they're going right over to PA. And unless something is done yeah. here, of course, we know it's just the cycle is going to feed back into itself. And for all we know, it could get much worse. Uh, okay, we do have callers uh, calling in here. Um, hold on a second. Let's take this one call. Uh, caller, area code 404, you're live on the air. Would you like to ask a question? Yeah, good evening, y'all. How y'all doing? Hi. Well, Hello. Well, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, first things first, uh, that last uh, statement where somebody said uh, this happens in the blue state. Well, we go to Nebraska, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. Uh, we see similar things. Uh, well, different dynamic as I, far I, as how it came about, but we see similar uh, outcomes. So, I mean, we got to be careful with the red-blue thing when we're talking about American problems that have to be fixed, and neither party has really quality answers. Uh, if you guys have ever seen the movie uh, <laughs> There Will Be Blood, the great movie, uh, you know, that infamous scene where he says, uh, I drink your milkshake. Essentially, the millennials' milkshake has been drank, uh, it's been drank by uh, baby boomers. Like, that's the reality. You got 76 million baby boomers. Uh, they voted for, you know, different uh, governmental programs all throughout their life they benefited from. Then they turned around and pulled the ladder up at every instance that they could. And now we got huge pension liabilities. Uh, we got huge Social Security liabilities. Uh, and everything else with that group. And what do older groups do? They save more and consume less. So you're talking about a huge liability that the millennials are going to have to deal with with the ever-increasing prices of housing, uh, utilities, and, you know, commodities uh, at the same time. So, you know, millennials are, are basically given a bad deal and being told to deal with it and also being uh, – <laughs> <laughs> blamed in every article you can pull up. the week. So, you know, we got a lot going on. But essentially the biggest problem is right. labor has been raised in 30 years. The majority of the wealth and profits are now going towards that top 15%. And there's got to be a way to figure out a new outcome because right now anything is positioned towards if labor ever causes a disruption oh. or asks for a raise, uh, the job can simply be outsourced somewhere else. So labor has to be right. right. And that puts okay. in the position of never being able to negotiate. So th- these are difficult things. Okay, so, so that's a very good point. I'd like to go back to Anthony for a minute. Um, he's mentioning talking about the, the labor and all that. But, Anthony, I want to go back to you um, and suggest one other thing, okay? And the fact that um, maybe it's it could be our school system that might be failing as well. They don't teach kids how to balance the budget and whatnot. 
Um, yeah, and I, mean, I don't know if you've noticed I, that. Well, something I noticed, I mean, I attended public schools my whole life, was there was really a lack of a true civics education. You know, things like okay. um, core logic and reasoning skills, they weren't, there wasn't much attention to them. It was more about memorizing facts and, and passing, you know, standardized tests. So there's no question that there's issues when it comes to the public school system. There really always has been. Because when you look at the way the system is set up, and especially once you throw in standardized testing, it becomes a matter of the teachers and the administrators trying to meet a certain grade so that they keep their jobs and they keep their pensions. But by doing that, you end up really lowering the standard. And it's like a race to the bottom with the common denominator. Right. And so, you know, that's something something we... Yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. And also... I have to to respond to the caller's... I have to respond to the caller's uh, uh, point that he made about the red and blue. Well, if you start analyzing the major cities in in, in supposedly red states, I mean, Georgia, you're you're throwing out Georgia out there, but the city of Atlanta and some of the surrounding counties, they're very, very, very liberal, Democrat-controlled cities, and they've had financial issues. but if you look at some of the red states, they, they're not having issues in regards to serious tensions, unless the city, the major city, like Omaha, is a very democratic, progressive city. But the rest of the state of Nebraska is not. So you, you have to really, there's a difference between saying, okay, this is a red state, but where are the problems happening, really, in, in the major urban cities? that they're having pensions. Like this, I mentioned the city of Detroit. The city of Detroit, all those retirees that were waiting for that uh, uh, great pension, what happened? All those crooked politicians, some of them have, are in prison. The last one I think it was Kilpatrick, stole fr- uh, basically from the people. Okay, I'm going to let the caller respond yes. to that. Uh, yeah, thanks. Are you on the thanks line, for, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, this is Naj. Yeah, thanks for letting me respond. Yeah, Detroit is an outlier because we're talking about an area that where manufacturing and that car industry that was there uh, was one of the titans of the world. And then all of a sudden they had to change course midstream. Uh, not many cities are going to deal with that well. Now, of course, they dealt with it horribly, understood. But Atlanta, yeah, that's the one liberal <laughs> enclave in Georgia but you start getting into South Georgia and some of these rural towns, you're going to see high instances of, of, of poverty, uh, serious health issues. Uh, you're even talking about a decline in uh, living standards and uh, age. And you can take that to Mississippi, Alabama, like all these other states. So it's like I said, it's not a red or blue thing. The most difficult thing that we've been dealing with was the idea of us moving from a production economy uh, who made stuff to a financial mm-hmm. economy to where we decided to make money off of making money. And, well, I don't want to say we decided. We were told, essentially, because the average American would have been happy going to another factory working 40 hours a week providing for his family. But uh, the education point you guys brought up, yes, I agree the education system is uh, horribly in, in, in need of some reform and we really need to do, need to do new things. Uh, charter schools are having the same problems. But the issue isn't just education. The issue is if a society cannot produce 
a, a livable wage for somebody who's willing to work hard and sweat, like back in the day when people with a high school degree went to those factories and provided for their family, bought a home, car, the whole nine. If you can't do that, uh, you're looking at a lot of bad outcomes in a society, and that's hard to balance after a while. Like there's only so many excuses or so many ways you can blame working-class people for their own plight. And we've got to figure out a better deal in this nation for the average worker. We do. Okay, and actually I want to go back to Anthony again for a minute. Um, I want to elaborate on education. Um, Here in in New Jersey, we have what you call the Abbott Law, okay, in which um, some of the wealthier districts you know, like, for example, Mars Plains or whatever, um, there's a formula in which they send money to the areas that are considered in need. And this has been going on since 1982. And um, I want to get to get your perspective on that, if, if I may. Go ahead, Andy. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean Abbott Law, it's, my perspective is, is pretty straightforward. It's a transfer of wealth from one part of the state or several parts of the state to other parts of the state. And what what it's actually doing, and this is why I wonder whether or not it's consistent with the state constitution, is it's biasing certain municipalities versus another. And so I'll give you an example. If, say, you own a $200,000 home in Persephone, you're paying more in taxes on average, than a four or five hundred thousand dollar home in certain parts of Jersey City, and that has to do with the biasness of, of this funding formula. You know, it absolutely needs, changes need to be made. There's no question of it. Right. Right. And and the the issue I, I have with the Abbott Law is is this is that we have been giving money to the urban areas. Um, number one, we don't know if it's getting there because I had teachers complain to me that they have to buy their own stuff for their classes. So we don't know if it's actually getting to where it needs to go and who, who else's hand is in the pot there. Um, but it, it has not increased score significantly on the standardized testing. That's the other issue. And, you know, it's, it's, again, it's hard to see where the failure of the programs are because, you know, everybody seems to have their hand in the pocket there. So, so what well, we that's, have... Well, that's is, really the nature you know, of... Have... Sorry, yeah, I didn't cut you off. I was just going to say, that's really the nature of government policies in general. Anytime really a new, I guess you could call it, welfare program comes into place, there's always uh, administrative losses. And what I mean is if you collect a dollar in taxes, you're not transferring a dollar to someone else. You're wasting money in that process because you have to pay the people in government. The, the government processes are almost every time they are almost um, completely inefficient compared to private processes. And so you're, you're not transferring a dollar. You're wasting, you're wasting money the whole time. You're taking a dollar and transferring 70 cents or 60 cents. So I I think the suburban areas, you know, would be willing to accept this Abbott law if they see that it's going to the right place. And, 
you know, it, it's helping. But right now, there, we're not seeing that. Go ahead, Cisco. I know you want to weigh in on this. He, by the way, well, is I mean, from uh, New Jersey. So go ahead. Right, right. I, I was just going to bring up, the, well, mm. when I lived in, in, in North Jersey, uh, the town that I lived, basically provided the largest revenue, the largest amount to the Abbott districts in um, Essex County. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem giving more money if the improvement in the educational system in these urban areas was better. But each child in the city of Newark, in the city of Irvington, was uh, getting twenty-one to twenty-two thousand dollars per child. The city and those schools were ranking every year as the worst schools in the state. While the town that I lived in, which we were not getting, we were not an avid district, basically was not getting anything, and we were ranking one or two the top five. So when whenever I hear more money has to be poured into into these school systems, that hasn't worked. That has not worked because the people who are actually managing this money are stealing their mo- the money from from the from the kids, from the parents, from the families and from the town. And that's the reason they consistently continue to suffer. And then they, they blame it on, well we need more money. Because the politicians are crooked, especially in New Jersey. <laughs> Did you hear that, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, you know, that's, I mean, it's, especially at the last point, the politicians are crooked. Some of them are, some of them aren't, but our real issue in New Jersey when it comes to the politicians and who's influencing them is definitely special interests. You know, of course, we've got the NJEA, and it's the most powerful special interest in the state. Outspends individuals and, and all other all their, all other super PACs by, by huge amounts. And we've also got, you know, the unions, for example. I'm sure you guys are aware of the apprenticeship programs that the labor unions have been trying to shove down each county's throat. So far, they've, they've managed to pass an apprenticeship requirement, which effectively would push out small businesses from competing for county contracts in just about 11 counties. They either passed it, fully or in some form, but they're pushing and they're pushing hard. They're donating tons of money to these politicians, these freeholders, these local candidates. I mean, even, of, of course, state candidates. And it's hurting us. And it's making it difficult for the average person to get in there and have a voice. Because when it comes down to it, who are these people going to listen to? They're going to listen to the ones who are lining their pockets and keeping them in office. Uh, yeah, but right. part of the reason why they don't know, because I know a lot of people who aren't even engaged in the local politics around here. That's another oh, yeah. issue. You, you know, yeah, so they, they really don't know what's going on. Yeah. They also try to pass some of this stuff, yeah. um, you know, when people aren't paying attention. Like we had the apprenticeship program come up in Morris County this past December, and it was brought up for a vote, the resolution, on December 28th, you know, a time of the year when everyone's away on vacation, they're with their families, they just want to shut down and relax. 
And, of course, they're going to swoop in. They're going to try to push something in there that not only raises the cost of county projects but hurts small businesses and overall hurts the taxpayer and hurts the community. But this right. is what ultimately happens in, in a lot of cases. Well, I, I, I ran for office in New Jersey, and I got about 60,000 votes. I lost by 20 against an incumbent uh, established machine, democratic machine in, 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 my, in the county. And with no funding at all, I still got 60,000 60, votes. One of the things that people that I that I when I was knocking on doors and I would explain to them in regards to, you know, this is happening, uh, your taxes are going up, this is how gov- our county and, and, and state government is working, they would look at me like a you know like surprise, <laughs> and it's because a lot of people are so busy with their lives that they don't have time to really consume what what's going around it and. And the politicians take advantage of that. But my question to you, Anthony, is in regards to the current state of condition of New Jersey, which is not very good. I was there about uh, a couple months ago. Uh, the roads are horrible. I mean, that 78 and, and, and the turnpike are you know, potholes all over. What's going to take for the people in New Jersey to finally wake up because uh, we need some of your young blood out there to really be out there educating because they they definitely need you know a lot more than just one. I was only one, like three hundred or four hundred or a thousand Anthony's out there educating, maybe having courses or, or or something. But New Jersey, the way it's going, it's not going in the right direction. Right? No, it certainly isn't. And something we really need to do, something all people need to do, is we need to support young people who are looking to become involved, whether they're running for local office or whether they just want to get out there and learn how to volunteer and learn how to help. That's why uh, something I'm doing is I'm actually starting a nonprofit. It's called Get Involved Now New Jersey. And the point of the nonprofit is to educate young people especially but really all people on how to get involved in local, county, and state politics. Because, you, you know, there's only so much you can do with pushing someone to get involved, but as long as you at least offer that resource and you, you promote it and you get people out there talking about it, then it'll catch someone's ear and somebody who may not have known how to get involved will. You know, even if you, even if you just get a couple of people who come to one meeting, those are a couple of people who weren't involved before. But... Unfortunately, you know, you can offer all these resources and some people will never get involved. And, I mean, my biggest fear is that it will take a crisis to truly wake the people of New Jersey up. And I, I hope that's not the case. That's why I'm, I'm starting this nonprofit. I'm going to do whatever I can to show people that there is a way to get involved. There are options and, you know, that we can, in fact, impact change. And really the easiest way to show that to people is to show them right in front of them, right in their neighborhoods, right in their homes, right in their counties. Because then they can, they can see that and they can really relate to that, and that will empower them to move forward and move to the next level. That's very good. Right. I, li- I like that. Um, yeah. And, and also uh, I want to just ask you one thing about the charter schools. 
which um, I'm kind of a fan of, rather than the Abbott law and going into these districts like that, because I, I believe that the parent has the choice, should have a choice of where to send their kids. I want to get your perspective on that, too, rather than just go where the district tells them to go. So, in other words, if you're in Newark, then you have to go to that school that you live in there by. And, and that's yeah, a I mean, disadvantage that... for, for the engineer. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, it can, it can be. I mean, being forced to go to a certain district or certain school, it can definitely be a disadvantage while it can advantage some. But personally, I believe that it is up to the parents and how they want to educate their children, that the state should be involved at the bare minimum, and that freedom of choice in education should be, it should be universal. You know, if, if you can, if you have the means, then you deserve to be able to make that choice for you and your family. Yeah. Um, but that's always, you know, met with criticism, and particularly in New Jersey here, particularly where we have the teachers union. Um, but the trick is to get it to the urban areas as well, as, you know, as well as the suburban areas, so that they too have the choice of where to to send their children because it's due to socioeconomic patterns, you know, their choices are different. Um, oh, of course. It, I mean, it would benefit them as well. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. There, there are, there are options such as school vouchers. Um, I believe they've been tried and I don't know if they've been tried. I don't know the specifics of what's been done in New Jersey, uh, but I know they've been tried throughout the country and, you know, there have been some positive results. So we definitely, we absolutely have to make sure that these people who are disadvantaged, who are growing up in poverty, that they do have an option out. And I believe that a voucher program could be uh, feasible in that case. Yeah. Go go ahead, Cisco. Do you want to ask? Yes. Yes. Uh, I wanted to touch on the um, moving away from the the Garden State, which I, I love the state, uh, I wanted to touch on the uh, your reaction in regards to Donald Trump's um, uh, response in regards to the hurricanes. Um, what, what, what was your take on them? His response, you mean in how effective it Hurricane is? Hurricane to Puerto Rico. Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico yeah. Houston, yeah. Florida, you know, the, the whole... Um, I'll tell you what, per, pertaining to Houston particularly, I have a lot of friends down there, a lot of coworkers, and I was actually very surprised to hear how effective the response has been. Um, same thing with Florida. I was just down in Tampa the other day, and I know people who live in Naples. Naples got hit, hit dead on, and they're saying that the response has been uh, quite positive. It's yes. being effective, and they're they're helping a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, both of both of those places, I'm uh, I'm, I'm very aware. Um, my my take is that, and no one, I don't think no one has mentioned this, especially the 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 Democrat progressive media. But I think he's the first president uh-huh. that actually has taken. He has actually taken upon him, uh, himself and his administration. Three major natural disasters in less than two months. 
He's handler. Yeah. Three. And yeah, and play. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible test. Now. Yeah, four four yeah. major major crises in in two months. It's it's unbelievable the way uh, the way they're they're able to deal with this. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to. I don't want to get off the subject too much, but I, I look at this. You know, he's been in office since uh, he took office January, and and I want to ask either you, Anthony, or Cisco, what are the Republicans doing to get his agenda passed? Whoever wants to take this one. <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I didn't hear the question. <laughs> what are what are the Republicans doing, both in the House or the Senate, to get his agenda passed? What are they doing? It looks like they're tearing each other apart. It yeah. looks like at the at, at the <laughs> moment where we where the Republicans finally have a chance to enact change, positive change that is consistent with American values, they're blowing it. For the most part, you know. So what do we need, health, need health, to do to get to 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 shape to shape this party up because I think their base is really getting fed up with them. I'm hold on, I'm getting static in the line. Um, go, but go ahead. You, you well, know, uh, Cisco, you want to? I have to tell you. Yeah, I have to tell you that 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 uh, the president has has a really um, tough. Uh, and it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge because. Oh yeah. You're dealing with you're dealing with individuals. And I can give you a name, names uh, right away. I mean, the McCain's, the Co- Susan Collins, and, and the Jeff Flakes of the world of uh, Arizona and the Lindsey Grahams. These are individuals that are going to be a stumbling block for the president. Uh, they're not going to give the president what he wants. Uh, we have to get these individuals in 2018. If they're running for office, we have to get them out. Um, otherwise, it's going to be you know it's going to be gridlock, and 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 in 2020 they're going to say well he never accomplished anything. Well, you know, we have people from within our own party that that is not helping the president because they either don't like him or they they they're working with the Democrats. So I personally feel that. In order for the president's agenda to go through, we have to clean house. You know, 2018 has to be, and I believe 2018 will be, uh, will gain more seats. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be better and accomplish unless we get the right conservative, you know, constitutional. Republican. Well, you, you you know what that comes right that comes right back to complacency. A lot of the people in there, you know, they've been in there for so many terms that um, you, they become complacent. And what we really need is we need more people who have never held office, who have who have either been in business or the military or pursued some other way of life, to step up and pursue public service. Because otherwise, we're just going to end up with the same thing over and over again. We're going to end up with people who are making deals for themselves, making themselves look good so that they can get reelected, never actually affecting true change and never actually moving this country forward. Right, right. But, but the, 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 key, the, always... key aspect of, the key aspect is that we, uh, we have to make sure 
everyone who's out there, I, I know on my end, I'm, I'm working to try and get con- constitutional conservatives. Like we just uh, elected uh, Judge Roy Moore, Roy Moore in Alabama. We need more, you know, Roy Moore, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, individuals like that to, to be in office because otherwise if we get the Lindsey Grahams of the world and their John McCain's, we're not going anywhere. That's true. And but you gotta see how they got elected. They got he got John McCain got elected in Arizona. You, you know, he probably reached out to the Democrats to help him in some way, you know. And that's another thing. Those people or part of the Republican Party is almost like Democrats, almost like one party in the way they think sometimes, you know. And, oh, well, and they're, I get they're rhinos. A lot of that. In my, yeah, yeah. You get the rhinos in there. Um, but anyhow, okay, we, ha- we have about 10 minutes left. And um, let's go back to New Jersey again. Uh, because you know we have an election coming up, and uh, do you have you have your perspective on that? It's a governor election coming up. Do, well, the governor's election have a chance. Been, I, I think she does have a chance. Uh, for a while, it was seeming okay. like a long shot, but her and her campaign—they've really been getting out there. And what what they're really able to play on is the fact that. Not only is Kim, for the most part, unknown, but so is Phil Murphy. I was out knocking doors for a local candidate a couple weeks ago, and every door, you bring up Phil Murphy's name, you bring up Kim's name, nobody knows who they are, which, to be honest, is, it's an advantage because then Kim has a chance to make yeah. a name for herself, separate herself from Christy, and focus on what is really the core issue of this election and most elections going forward, which is, Controlling taxes and controlling spending. Well, and do you that, think she'll have a handle from, on it? Do I think she so, can get I a handle think, on taxes and spending? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I guess Governor Chris Christie tried, um, but I can tell you though our taxes here did increase a little bit. Yep. Um, well, the, the but, benefit you know, to having. The benefit to having Christie in office was that at least he had the veto power to push back on a lot of what the, the Democrats right. tried to do. And if we can get Kim in there, even if the Republicans don't seize the legislature, which, of course, that's quite a long shot, um, then we will at least control that veto and we can at least slow or push back on whatever the Democrats are really trying to push forward, especially when it comes to ex- expanding spending and all sorts of other programs. New Jerseyans uh, better pray that Phil Murphy doesn't get in because he's going to be another Corsine. And, every, oh, and yeah. anyone, who, uh, anyone who lived in the Corsine McGreevy era, which I did, will tell you that what Chrissy has done will bear no comparison to what Phil Murphy will do. Phil, Mur- Phil Murphy is going to get all the progressive towns and counties. He's going to get that. I mean, that's that's who I was fighting against when I ran for office. But I think overall 
Kim will win because the majority of the state, especially if you go from, you know, in, in South Jersey and even in North Jersey, I mean, going towards... Uh, yeah, up in Morris uh, County. Uh, Morris County, but then going towards, um, uh, let's see, not Richville Park, going on, on the parkway all the way, like exit 250, I've got those towns now, can't believe it. In that area, that that's more Kim's te- uh, territory. But, you know, the whole urban area... In the Newarks of the world and the uh, the Montclairs of the world, uh, yeah, Phil Murphy is going to get that. So if if he gets in, Murphy, my taxes well, right now I pay around thirteen thousand over here, and oh, if he's in for, so I, mine can go up to like seventeen or eighteen. That's what you're saying. Well, I, I heard Easily. I heard the Democrats are talking about. I heard, I heard there's talk of trying to remove. The two percent cap, which would just—I mean, you would see—you would see property taxes blow up overnight. And then, of course, so I could be talking about raising tax. You could, you could very, very quickly end up paying twenty-five thousand. Um, and, and then you've got Murphy push, pushing for another one point three billion dollars in tax increases, and he's, yep. he's proud of it, and he's, and he's, um, you know, he's he's promoting that as if it's a positive when. It's, it's going to do nothing but make it more difficult for young people to live here, and it's going to hurt our economy. Correct. I mean, oh my. Pray, that he, pray that he doesn't get in because he's going to be – you think New Jersey's situation is bad now? Bill Murphy gets in. It's going to be horrendous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he just but might I think, get in I think, because – Wait, go ahead. I, I think ahead, the, the you know the the riff the riff that it, that's occur, occurring now because I still have a lot of you know I worked I worked on the on the on the campaign in two thousand and eight. Uh, I was a county chairman uh, for Christie, uh, but there's a rift between and I've met Kim and I've met with the governor uh, Governor Christie at the, uh, at at the um. At the governor's office, we used to go. He would meet with us. Uh, he would meet with the conservative groups uh, once a month. But the problem that I see with Kim, even though I think she's she'll still win, is the rift that the internal rift that is going on between Kim and and and, 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 and Governor Christie. That may, I think, Governor Christie may push and support Murphy. But not up front, but because he has that internal conflict with with uh, Kim. What, what do you think about that, uh, Anthony? I hope Christie would not support Phil Murphy. I mean, unless uh, unless he be really truly doesn't care about the state, uh, that would just it would it would be a horrible horrible thing to see. Uh, yeah, we don't know yeah. yet, so. But because there, there um, is, that, there that is, would be an interesting. There is an internal rift between the two. That I know for because I have I still have friends in the uh, in, in that work in the cabinet and everything, and and that's what I'm hearing. People that are close. So are but are uh, you saying that are you saying that you believe Christy may support Murphy out of spite um, 
toward Madonna? Yeah, I don't believe in the open. I don't believe in the in the open. Uh, something behind behind closed doors. Well, you, you know, at that upset. point, yeah, at at that point, it would just, yeah, I I don't know what to say to that. It would be a shame, but hopefully, it doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the other the other part the other part that everyone in New Jersey needs to consider too is that you got two major players. You got two major players that that uh, ever since I started in politics or got involved in politics in New Jersey that are big time players with both parties, and whoever they support normally is whoever wins the election, and that's Mr. George Norcross on the south in in, in the southern part of New Jersey in Central Jersey, and then you got Steve Autobauto, the father, in North Jersey. Those are two big players. Those are two power brokers in, in the state. So whoever they're, yeah. whoever they're backing, whoever they're backing is a good indication of whoever's going to win. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, he's right. If if uh, Murphy gets in, our taxes are going to go through the roof. So, you know, that's why I see a lot of for sale signs around in the neighborhoods. I think if people are concerned, if if this guy gets in, the taxes are going to go sky high. So, let's let's give Kim Godagno the support that she needs. Uh, okay, but anyhow, um, folks, we are running out of time. Um, Anthony, do you have a website? The website is not up yet, but I do have an email. Anyone looking to get involved, please reach out. The email is getinvolvednownj at gmail.com. That's getinvolvednownj at gmail.com. Please send an email, reach out. I would love to hear from you. Anyone who's looking to get involved, anyone who's already involved, you know, the way to affect change is to act. And, you know, the best that's, thing we can absolutely. do for our state is to get involved. Yeah, absolutely. You get involved local, county, and state level. There are options, and there's ways to do it. And, you know, we can do this. The young people can yes, definitely yes, affect change. Can. And I think um, despite the issues we're facing, um, I think New Jersey does have a bright future ahead of itself. Absolutely. And Anthony, if you can send me that email address, I will put it on the radio show uh, page so everybody can see it. Um, okay, we'll do and, and folks, uh, And folks, I do want to remind you to please go to the GoFundMe site from MeanGirls.com. They're doing a huge fundraiser for the victims of the Las Vegas shooting. And um, please don't forget to go to StudentsForABetterFuture.com and read about our updates, and and um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So if you do make a donation there, it's tax deductible. And Ruben, I'll let you do the closer. Well, after four major natural disasters, three natural disasters, and the other one, a psycho lunatic who just basically started shooting, I believe that our country will continue to be strong as ever, and we have a good commander-in-chief, and we have great people that will keep this country moving along. God bless America. Absolutely. 
God bless America. And thank you for listening tonight. And, Anthony, thank you for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again. And, um, folks, our song tonight is The Star-Spangled Banner by Madison Rising. Madison Rising is a, is a group from uh, Hoboken, in New Jersey. So until next week, we will see you. Thank you.